0: Well, hello, Brian Faulkner. Or Josh <laughs> Welcome to the Edlow Podcast. <laughs> uh, to be here. here. You yeah. made it. You uh, made thanks. it. You're big time now. <laughs> my agent. Where's, I need a yeah, phone I know. yeah, you need to yeah, you need to get your agent ready. You're gonna get all sorts of calls. No, uh no, I love these ones. These are the ones that I love the most, actually. Um, because sometimes like I've had actors on, pro wrestlers, I've had like scholars on. I've had all these different people, but the things I love the most is when I have people I've known for a really, really, really long time, but we've never had like a long conversation about your life and who you are. I come away from people who are my friends learning so much more about their story and informing why people do the things that they do. So I'm grateful that you were willing to come on and just kind of share your story. So
1: I'm happy to, I, I'm, I'm with you. I've there's a lot of life to live and a lot of different things going on in people's lives. And uh, like you said, like some, you, you might say a story, someone thinks they know who you are. They might know, they look at you and think what you're going to, they know what you're going to say already. Uh, yeah. Then you dive a little <laughs> deeper. They're like, Oh, wait
0: a minute. Yeah. So I actually have a story. I don't know if you know this story. I have a story about your wife. I have a story about Lori. Okay. It's actually really funny. Let me tell you. So, uh, I, I th- you know I went to high school with Lori, yeah. right? I went to high school with and and we were in the band together and all that. And uh, so I came back from my mission. It was June of two thousand two, and I got released on a on a Saturday. And then the next Monday there was like a YSA event. You weren't I, you weren't I don't think around. Yet, or at least I didn't know I you yet.
1: back, but I was, yeah, I, I hadn't officially started, i hadn't met her yet or anything. So,
0: right, right. So, the funny thing was, was that, uh, that Monday night, they were like, come with us to the YSA, uh, uh, family home evening or whatever. And I go, yeah, okay, cool. Right. And now, mind you, for the last two years, I've had a companion 24 hours a day, right. And I, and I was at the arm's length of women, right. And so, so they, my two buddies, Chris and Chris, they pick me up and we go to, uh, we go to a bowling alley. It's a bowling game night or whatever. So we're in a bowling alley. And the next thing I know, they just disappear. (laughs) And I was like, what do I do? And there were women everywhere and all these things. And your wife, Lori was like, Josh, haven't seen you come sit by me. And I was like, Oh, thank goodness. Somebody I know. (laughs) And so she was my, she was my friend companion for about an hour. Well, all my friends disappeared. And so yeah, man, it was so funny. She was she was such a friendly face cuz I was so nervous being there. So that's just so funny.
1: That's funny. It's funny cuz that's almost how she and I met. Literally. Oh, really? We how the, how did you well, Not in a similar situation in the sense what she did to you is almost kind of what she did to me. We oh, were nice. at Yeah, we were at American River Institute, uh, fresh off my mission. I got back in May of 20 of uh, 2002. Okay. So, all right. Like maybe a month before you. And um yeah, I was uh, we were in the hallway and She could tell I was having a conversation that just kind of like seemed a little awkward and I wasn't necessarily (laughs) digging the person I was talking with and they were like, I don't know what to do. That's my mission. I don't want to be rude. Like, but like, this is not a conversation you want to be in. And she comes and literally comes and like grabs me by the hand. Like she knows me. She's like, hey, Uh come on, let's go play a game of pool. And I was like, sweet. Let's like, number one, it got me out of the conversation (laughs) number two, somebody who's pleasant. Like I was like, okay, let's go, let's go play a game of pool. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, that's how I met her, and and then we we made it a daily game of pool from there on. Like we had, like for I don't know, we we say for a couple of weeks made like a, a little tournament to see who's better. Mm. To this day, I'll still say I'm better. She'll say she's better, but whatever. I definitely we threw balls in, in as well, and I'm way better at foosball. So if that's oh, the tiebreaker, I, I definitely want that. But but no, that's oh. how I met her too. So that's, I I think it's interesting though because um, she would probably be the one to tell you, and if she watched this, she'll say like she's the one to tell you she's an introvert yeah but i think that's it's so funny, funny that in, in both of the, our situations here she's the one who started it she's the one who reached out and like helped someone in a, in a moment when we she could tell we needed help i think that's very and i think it's very telling how how she is her personality so yeah that's, that's it i actually
0: i actually find that so fascinating because i i knew her all pretty much all the way through high school you know through the band and uh, and for anyone there who's making fun of band geeks, I just want to let you know, I hung out with, I mean, I played basketball, so I hung out with a lot of jocks. I hung out with band geeks. I hung out with pretty much everybody. And there's nobody crazier and more fun than the band people. I don't care who you are. Like, going to Disneyland with the band. I got in way more trouble <laughs> going with the band to Disneyland that I did at any basketball tournament I ever went to. So, um, but anyway, uh, but no, she never struck me as an introvert. She was always hilarious. She was, she was funny. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all like that. The fries are all like that. You know, they're all just good people.
1: It is know? true. That is it's true. They yeah. are good. I, yeah. I, I hit the jackpot in terms of in-laws and and, and that that's for sure.
0: Yeah. Like, I, so I where did you serve? I
1: served in the Canada Montreal mission. Oh, nice. Speak. So uh, yeah, it was it, what do I, a funny story. I like to tell is when I had my mission opening, like my, my letter, right. Mm-hmm. Um, there we are. I'm sitting there, I'm reading it. And as I read Canada, Montreal mission, my mom almost like, let's have a hot, like, I, I don't know if it was a hallelujah. I don't know if it was like a cry for help <laughs> or what it was. Right. It was just, it struck me as odd. I remember this. And she's like, and she's like, my mom was very emotional. Like, so she's, she was always feeling the spirit, as you would say. Like she, you could like she. <laughs> um, but um, she's like, I was praying so hard that you wouldn't leave North America. But I wanted <laughs> you to speak French too, and I didn't even think too so much. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, thanks for praying for that one. But I mean, oh my, yeah, French is a big thing. My dad's French, so it was kind of a, a cool like.
0: French your dad, life. your dad's French. I didn't know he that.
1: He is. Yeah, he is actually. He is. He's actually born in Africa,
0: so that was always
1: fun. In middle school, I, some people were like, your dad's born in Africa. You don't you don't look like you're in Africa. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that was always funny. But uh, no, yeah, so he's, he's French. So he, my, my grandpa was there with the French Foreign Legion in, in Algeria.
0: Oh, nice.
1: So, Interesting. Yeah, so he, he grew up in Algeria, lived in Morocco, Tunisia, Iran, um, Afghanistan, wow all these places. Yeah. So I, have, I had have heard lots of stories and had lots of kind of culture like that coming from my, my dad's side. And so, um,
0: wow. so how did, how did your parents meet?
1: Yeah. They actually met at the Sac State Institute. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So it was interesting. My dad had recently joined the church. Um, he had had a very, uh, he had a very strong conversion and my mom had, um, she had been previously married and had a divorce and they were both at the like not ysa but like a single adult mm. like, they were there together at that branch and i i don't i don't know all the details where they met or all that but they were both single adults and both going to like sac state and met each other and you know they were kind of a, like i i wish i i should know the exact years anybody who <laughs> be should be like come on bro. but anyways um like yeah they were a little older they were definitely in their thirties when they met and they started having us. So we were kind of in growing up in the church, even we were, I was not that like, my family was not the, 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 the parents with a lot of kids, like young yeah. parents, and lots of kids. My parents were a little older parents with two kids. Yeah. Happens. Right. I mean, we, it happens all the time, but I know sometimes that can be a little weird in in a church where it's so family oriented and you have all these families, like the million kids from when they're like 25.
0: Well, you know that's interesting too. I don't know if you even know, but um, you know, back when we were, you know, eighties and nineties. I mean, there were. It seems like it's more, it's more normal now. Probably not even so much normal, but um, second marriages and, and divorces and things like that kind of a little taboo back in those days. Did you ever get a sense of that, or did you ever feel a little other than because of that?
1: Honestly, I don't know if my parents. I don't know if anybody really knew my parents' story. Mm. um uh just because my dad hadn't been a member he had been previously married too and that and before he even joined the church my mm. my mom has an interesting story her my my grandpa my mom my mom grew up grew up without a dad he died mm. of scarlet fever when she was like three years old Oh wow! Uh, so raised in bay area in el cerrito california uh single mom uh, a brother and uh she i as she tells as she told the story she's passed since past she passed away a couple years ago um she she was advised not to get married, but she went ahead and married a guy. Didn't get married in the temple. He was a member and everything. And as the story was told to me, he cheated on her with her best friend. So I, you know, stuff happened. <laughs> stuff. I, wow. I, I say these things that I'm like, I don't really know the story. So maybe I shouldn't say anything, but that's, that's well, the way the story was presented to me. So.
0: But that's what's so interesting about it is that, uh, you know, not that it matters, but knowing you, people wouldn't guess that you know interesting so now did that uh, did, did you ever get any let's put it this way you know it's interesting my parents uh way different story than anybody i mean my mom married my, my dad was jewish okay. he was a party animal you know i mean like he he had addiction issues all the way up until my senior year in high school i mean he ended up going to drug rehab when i was 17 uh and so and cleaned up and he's been clean ever since and he's like like a plus guy like my i have a little sister sammy who is 21 right now and i always uh tell her i'm like you got the dad that we always wished we had you know what i mean like he he's just a it was like a second chance for him with her and so she's spoiled rotten you know what i mean but uh uh because she's got my dad and basically grandparents for parents you know what i mean and so but um But, but the thing is, is I, I found that I probably got advice from my parents that I bet none of my other, (laughs) my other friends ever got. Did you, did you feel like you had some, uh, ever get advice from your mom based mom and dad based on their experiences with their previous marriages that you think maybe was a little different than what the standard member of the church would
1: get? It was, I would say, well, again, this is tough to say because like you said, you don't know what's going on in half the family. Sure.
0: Sure. Um, Sure.
1: But I mean, if I can, I mean, like I said, we talk about wh- whatever happens, what's said is said. And I love my parents. So let me just say that. Whatever I say, I don't hold any grudges. I like, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it is what it is. But like my, my parents, I think I learned a lot, at least how to have a marriage by looking at kind of some of their failures and how they, ah. um, ah. But I will say my dad, they both, they both gave me tons of examples on, on many other areas like personal finances, how to live, like how to budget. I, well, I said, I, I wanted to preface that by saying they did, they showed me a lot of good things as well. So that, that was okay. what I was starting to say. I didn't, I didn't want to say like, it's all negatives. Right. But um, right. yeah, I mean, some of the failures, like their communication was not great. Mm. Uh, Mm-hmm. I, I ended up, especially I remember coming back from my mission, I was serving as almost like marriage counselor to them. Here I am like fresh off my mission and I'm like <laughs> what? what what's going on? You know, like it's it's weird to have your old dad say to you one time and you're sitting there driving with each other like, man if it wasn't for you kids, I wouldn't even be in this. Yeah. Like, like that, that, it's a weird situation to be put in and remember that, right? And loving both parties um, yet recognizing there's obviously some discord there. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. Do, I mean, do you,
0: do you think, do you think, uh, where, where do you think that discord came from?
1: Oh, well, I think a little bit of their, up their, each of their upbringings, my, my, so my dad, like I said, he's French. His parents were divorced. <laughs> he had a mm-hmm. stepfather who I knew as my grandpa. He was my grandpa, Pepe, because French, we'd say. Um, and, he was always a very kind of quiet, gent- gentle giant to me. As I got older, I found out there's some things that where he struggled with alcoholism and some other things. Um, I mm. think he took it. A, he took it out a little bit on my dad and I, maybe my uncles. I don't know, but I know my dad had some very unnerving experiences um, mm. when he. Um, and so I think, in my my dad's way, I think he thought we, he was doing me I think. I have noticed this as I've noticed this as a parent. So I'll say this: I think my dad thought he, since he was not giving me the bad things that he got, mm-hmm. that he was like, "He, I'm giving you better than I got." Right. Which I, which I think as a parent, is not necessarily a bad thing to think, but like right. I find myself thinking that I'm like, "Man, you guys got it so good. Like you don't, you don't know what happened to me. You don't know what happened to Grandpa. You don't know what like, yeah, you know?
0: yeah." Um, All we're trying to do, all we're trying to do is do a little bit better than what we got, even though we're probably not doing it exactly right. You know what I mean? We're, we're doing, we're doing the best with what we got. I mean, I have the same way. I mean, you know, I I noticed with me, particularly my, my kids and you probably appreciate this because you have how many kids you have five, four, four. 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 Okay. Yeah. So we both have four. So, so with my kids, i I tend to find that, um, I tend to find that, uh, you know, I had a bunch of basketball coaches. My dad was really hard. My mom was pretty hard. There was a lot of aggression in the way things were being said, you know, um, all my basketball coaches yelled at me, you know, how it was. I mean, back in the day, like I am the law, you know what I mean? And it was like that kind of thing. And that's how I respond. Right. It's just because I was conditioned to respond that way. I don't take it personally. I just go, well, okay, I guess I got to do better. Right. And, uh, uh, so like for me, I go pretty hard in the paint on my kids. Sometimes, especially my sons, you know, my, my oldest son, uh, you know, I, I, the way I tell him is I say, listen, I will praise you up and down all over the place for everything good you do. But when you do something bad, you take the heat. Right. But I've noticed that the heat has to be turned down a bit for other kids that it does, <laughs> you know, my daughters that has to be turned down a little bit more for them, you know, sure. uh, and, and, you know, but the thing is, is it's hard because then like my oldest son now, you know, he's he's thriving. And I'm like, well, it worked, you know, <laughs> you know like <laughs> forget no, that. Like, sure. Sure. You're sure. I'm sure you're never going to feel like you're good enough later on in life, but you're going OK right now. You know,
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. I it, And honestly, we, so soccer was a big thing for me. So I do I, mm-hmm. I do Ironman and stuff. But like growing up, soccer was my thing. So I played soccer competitively. I played at ARC technically for a little bit. I played kind of Mm -hmm. semi-pro. But you ever remember the Sacramento Knights uh, indoor team? I played with a lot of them when they were out of season outdoor, and I was like 16, Mm -hmm. getting yelled at by these professionals, like scared. Back back when you didn't have to be six foot two to be a goalie. I was only like five ten. I was a goalie. (laughs) It is what it is. But um, yeah, I I mean, my dad was like that on the field. My my I have friends that will they still laugh at me and make fun of me because there was one game where. My dad is a coach. I came out to to make a save and I made the save and I cleared the ball away. And, but he had wanted me, he wanted me to do something else. I don't even remember what what it was, but in that moment when you're in sports and you hear all the outside feedback yelling, right? I just turned to the sideline and I was like, shut up. I know what I'm doing. (sighs) Right. (laughs) And I'll never forget at halftime. And this is where my, my friends give me crap, dude. My dad came over and straight slapped me across the face, like side of the head. Wow. like in front of the whole team and he's the coach right and he's like get uh, your get your stuff we're going and we were in like san jose or something he's like we're going home um and uh that was not one of his minor moments but like, <laughs> yeah. like forgive me God to these days like, but but my dad despite all that stuff i had compassion he, he loved me late i mean he's he actually has dementia right now so he mm. he's, he's at home so it's it's a different relationship with him now but like yeah i, I i cherish my time going to soccer games driving listening to the 49ers mm-hmm. on the radios or driving in this old crappy red toyota truck to wherever yeah. to go to soccer to games but um yeah i mean and yeah i mean that that's a whole story of how do you love someone when you have negative uh maybe what other people would say like dude i can't believe you have that experience that person's done with me like you know, I'm yeah. dead. like, um, yeah. I, I, whether it's me being naive or me feeling the ability to have compassion, cause I want it too. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I've been able to kind of look past some of those things with my, at least my dad.
0: You know, <laughs> but, you know, it took me a long time with my dad. Cause obviously with my dad being, you know, his issues that I shared earlier, there was a lot of resentment for a lot of years. Sure. It actually has taken me recently. And I am, uh, I think I might be the age or maybe a little bit older than he is, mm. than he was when that happened. And I, and I realize, especially in my situation now, I realize the pressure that he was under and I go, and he didn't have a dad, you know, he, he and his, 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 uh, siblings were the product of an affair. Um, he never really knew his dad. He was shipped off to everybody. He, you know, he didn't really never had a place to, you know, he, he didn't have a father figure in his life that he could really sure. look up to. So he was doing the best with what he could. And, uh, and I think that's what we do. You know, I, my son, when he turned, I remember, I think he was 14, maybe 13, 14. We had a little, we had a, we had it out a little bit, you know, he started, you know, they get, they get a little bit older and then they start, you know, testing the boundaries a little bit. And, uh, and so I didn't react the the best way. And I remember sitting him down afterwards, I felt bad. And I said, okay, so um, understand you've never been a teenager before, and I've never parented a teenager before. Sure. So how about this? I will give you a little bit of grace if you give me a little bit of grace. And since then there's been ups and downs. He's had some things, you know, but I'm very proud of the guy he's become. And, yeah. I'm sure that later on in life, he's going to talk to me about some of the things I did and how it didn't, it wasn't great for him and it didn't work out for him. And I'm sure there were lots of things that when I look back, I would have done differently, but we're doing the best we can with what we have, you know?
1: Yeah. I, and I think that's, I, yeah. Uh, amen, brother. Amen. Um, <laughs> um, and I think that's for me as a, as a Christian, I like as a believer as a member of Church of Jesus Christ, uh, Latter-day Saints, like, that's where the atonement comes in, right? Like makes up the difference for when you screw up or when you don't do your best. Like I, I fully, that is one of the meanings of the atonement to me is that not that I get a pass, Mm. but that I, I have, I, I have hope and faith that Heavenly father and Jesus Christ can, can make up and hope that other person when I did make them feel bad, understand and feel like, no, like, and again i'm gonna apologize i believe you like 100 i think there's something to sitting down sitting our youth down and and honestly apologizing when you do something wrong and explaining why and like you said what we can do better like it, it's only through the atonement that that's gonna make up the difference like that's yeah. what that happens to me so yeah
0: yeah yeah and i think uh you know for any kid it's a hard day when they come to realize that their parents aren't perfect you know what i mean and uh, you know, and some it comes I, earlier than others, you know, <laughs> I, I that's what I was just
1: going to say is like, I, I, I mean, I don't mean this in that way, but like, I felt like that from when I was really young. Like, I, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, you and I are basically around the same age. Um, So, Growing up in the 90s, what kind of a, you know, as high school, what kind of a member of the church were you? What kind of a kid were you? Did you kind of follow the rules? Did you always know you were going to go on a mission?
1: Oh, man. I always wanted to. I, mm-hmm. I always, I did not know. I mean, there was logistics. I was, I, I can be honest. Like, I'm, I'm probably like a, even though people might not realize this, because I try and put it on a front of always being kind of funny. And like, I tell people, I, I try to be funny in my normal talk because I get really serious really quickly. When when mm. it's time to get serious. So I try to keep it a little more jovial. Um, but like I I knew my mom did a good job teaching me kind of church history. I felt like it. I saw all the other missionaries go and I remember mm. hearing them talk when they came back. Um, so it's something I always wanted to do. I I always felt it. I, I I I laughed because I was not with that guy who like worked to save for my mission. Like I knew my parents, I guess, had put some money aside and they kind of said, Yeah, that's for your mission. So like, okay. Um yeah. but like I I I always planned to go. Um, I will say, and I say, this is I have a son who's a junior right now. My junior year was probably the year where I just felt like it's where I felt I I truly experienced and recognized experience the atonement in my life for the first time. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, I had felt the spirit tons of times. I I felt like if there's one thing I can say and that I'm grateful for my father for, and my, HR blessing confirms it says the same things like i i can feel heavenly father's promptings and all that i do when i'm on the path like when i'm doing what's right uh which mm. has been a huge gift to me and i feel like i felt that since a young age like i've been able to feel i don't know if you want to say the presence of, like feel influence of good if you would for someone who's mm. maybe not a believer. Like, like been able to feel that um but in my junior year, man, my, my grandma had had like, so I forget what happened. She'd had an injury of some kind. She came into my house, took over my room. I got pushed to the study. Um, mm. and, uh, let's just say like I got into a lot of stuff on computer in the nineties that I wish I'd never had. And mm. I've been honest with, we, we were back and forth. Like, do you tell your kids these things? You, you like, you know, if you yeah. go deep driving the like, corner, do you talk about these things? You're not. I mean, I mean, like, and I found that it's just, yeah. I, it's, it's better to talk about it than to not to. My is where I'm at right now. But like, I think there's power in talking about things we've overcome. Um, but yeah. that year, I just it was my junior year. My grades sucked. I wasn't in my own room. I was, I just didn't feel good about what I was doing. Um, I had my one experience only of drinking. Oh, I went wow. away. I went away on a soccer tournament. I tell you, man, I'll be honest. I'll tell you, like, yeah, I, I went away on a soccer tournament to Arizona. No parents like the first time, like, away. And all these other kids on this comp sovereignty, I mean, they were all pretty wealthy. They're like, I don't even know. I don't even know how they got it. I don't know how that stuff works. Right. But they, right. they, they got it and they, you know, like, Hey, have one. And I, I spent most of that night, not, and like not doing it, just being with them, but not. And then finally, like, they were like cheering when they're like peer pressure. yeah. And, <sighs> and so I, I, I had do it. And luckily, like nothing really came of it that night, but like. You know, fast forward to the spring of that year, like all that stuff just piling on, piling on, piling on. And I remember, I just, I, I left my house, I walked around the neighborhood. I get emotional too, so if I cry, that's all right. You can keep it in here. Yeah. Right. uh, Like my mom, I gotta say, my mom, my my, I'm my mom's son. I'm feeling this right (laughs) now. I I had in my mind that picture. We had it in my house. So everybody's talking about like I had a picture. My mom had a picture of the Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane at the top of my stairs right next to her room and in that moment that's all i could think about i'm just walking around the neighborhood angry kind of thinking myself i'm not really having any conversation but like i just have that picture in my mind and i i go to a nearby park that i'd seen my whole life as a kid i've, I've been in it all the time mm-hmm. and there's this tree that it's not an olive tree it's in the middle of you know roses. <laughs> um, right. but in that moment that just the courage or everything it just reminded me of that tree where christ is praying to his father And I think for the first time ever, I knelt down and just poured my soul out. Just that the things I wasn't doing that I knew I shouldn't be doing that I didn't want to do. Just the hopes and changes that I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to serve a mission. I wanted to be able to feel good. I wanted to be able to be confident. Um, Like I said, you know, that year, junior people, there's lots going on. People, you see people dating, getting the girls they want, the guys driving their cars. Like there's just so many that so many like you feel like you're missing, but yeah, anyway, it was just a lot going on. And I just, I, I bore my soul. And for that first time, I felt a weight lifted for myself. Um, wow. Like I literally felt just peace. Right. And I realize there's some people who maybe aren't of our faith. They'd be like, well, that's just like, that's just that acceptance. You could get that talking to a therapist or whatever, perhaps. Right. Mm-hmm. But the difference for me is is when I actually act and, and say things and do it in the way that I've been taught and heard since I was in primary, right? Since I was right. a kid. The stories my mom told me um, and you experienced that, it just it just made me, it confirmed what I had hoped, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah, so I had a long talk uh, earlier this year with my some of my, my kids because I have one kid do struggling a little bit right now. Hmm. And I was just talking about the difference between listen, like, uh, you're going to go to church and you're hear testimonies, you know, and testimony meetings, and you're going to hear a lot of, I know, I know, I know. But I'm like, I think it's important for us to be, spe- use specific words. I don't know everything. but There's certain things I know. There's certain things I, I, I believe and there's certain things I have faith in. Right. That's kind of how I, I look at it. Right. And so like, I know that that day when I prayed, I felt relief. I mm-hmm. believe it was because of, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the atonement of Christ that I, at that time I had been taught and I have faith that because of that, my sins were forgiven me. Yeah. Like that's, that's how my logic flows. And I realize some people just hear people get up and, you know, bear their testimony. Like, I know this, I know this. And I'm like, I'm not going to tell you you're doing your test bearing your testimony wrong. That's not on me to yeah. do. It. But like, I think, I think all of us, especially, I mean, any person member of our church or not like be, I hesitate to say it because there is some truth when you bear your. You can find your testimony in bearing it, one hundred percent. That doesn't sure. mean that doesn't mean you have to say you know everything. Sure, it's perfectly okay to find your testimony and saying I believe or I have faith in or I have hope in.
0: Um, I, I, I've had many many times. Well, I wouldn't say many, but there have been a few times where I was really struggling and I needed to go and bear my testimony. And I got up and I'm like, I don't know if anyone else needs to hear this, but I do. You know what I mean? And so. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I think there's something you said there that I think is really important. I, I love, by the way, I love the logical way you described that because that's, I think that's dead on what you're saying there, but what, what you know, what you believe and what you have faith in. I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um, but I think that that is part of the problem. You know, we talk a lot about, you know, we had a conversation off air about some of our friends that maybe don't go anymore. And I think that there's a, at least in my experience, many of the complaints have been cultural. And I think that's one of them that we really need to think about this, the, the I know, the I know, which is really just a stronger assertion of faith, right? I mean, like, we all know that we don't have perfect knowledge of things, you know, like nobody does, unless you've seen the Savior, you don't know, you don't know that he lives and he's there. You have faith, you believe, right? You've had those experiences like I have and many of us have but uh that that can make people who are struggling feel as though they're they're less than, right? and I, and I think an honest conversation about these things i I had a friend one time who no longer goes to church who said something to me that I think and uh, and this is something I'm saying because I appreciate you sharing the story you did was that he said, we don't we don't do enough uh, I don't believe we at church do enough to make sure everybody knows that we're all sinners. You know, and and I think that hearing stories like that from someone like you, who is clearly faithful, clearly still going to church, but that you've had experiences that have that have helped you overcome things through the church, uh, is is so powerful. And so, and it's interesting that you had it at that point. Mine mine came when I was uh, I felt like I always kind of had like a social testimony of the church. Like I knew it was true. You know. Yeah. But like, did I know, you know, the mission is what tested it for me, you know, getting out there and realizing like, oh man, I got to teach people this. I better believe it. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, uh, and I had a very similar experience in that I went out and, and it was the first time that I had asked specifically with the intent of saying, okay, so like, if I get the right, if I get the right answer, I'm all in, but if I get the wrong answer, like I'm all out, you know, I, I'm not going to sit on the fence and, um, and I got the answer that put me all in and I've been all in ever since. So let me ask you, you know, you, you, something that came to mind while you were talking, you mentioned that you have a, you, you feel that you have, uh, you feel the presence of God. You are able to, to, uh, like, I guess you have a better idea of when you're getting promptings is what it sounds like. Tell me, tell, tell me how, you know that you're getting a prompting as opposed to just something you're kind of thinking yourself?
1: That's a great question. I wish I could say 100%. That's how, how it is, right? But <laughs> um, yeah, right. Not to backtrack. Yeah. No, but, um, yeah. oh man. Oh, man, how, how do you, how would it exist? For me, there's two things that come to mind. The first is that, I, and I wanna say this, is that I think the only way you can tell if something is a revelation or inspiration
2: mm-hmm.
1: is to act on it. Right. So first of all, that's one of the reasons why I think my mission was so powerful for me is just day after day of acting, of seeking inspiration. Where should I go track today? Where do mm-hmm. I need to go visit? What do I do? And learning to figure out what what were my ideas when I was really just when I was really inspired. And and I learned this too, you don't get inspiration in every single thing you do. Right. right? Right. I think sometimes and I, I could say this, especially in, I don't know if people feel this way today, but in the 90s, I felt that's the way sometimes like you're going to have the spirit with you every day. It's going to guide you in everything you do. And yeah, it, like, every, like it's going to answer every question on your test and like, you know, bring all <laughs> things back to your sight. Like all these verses come to mind. Right. Um, I, I would say that I I only I really feel Heavenly Father's promptings when it's really important. And I feel Mm -hmm. it in my heart. And like, I know that literally feeling it in your heart and in your mind that it's correct is Mm -hmm. true. I'll give you another story. When we decided to buy this house we live in, where Mm -hmm. I live now, um, I was not ready to buy a house. I was Mm -hmm. in this like, we're paying off debt. We're doing the Dave Ramsey thing and we're getting all this. (laughs) doing all this. I'm going to pay with like a huge down payment and have like nothing, right? And I didn't want to, but Lori had felt like impressed. Like, I think this is really like a place where we could be. And uh, I we knelt down to pray about it together. And I kid you not, my prayer started with questions of asking. And during that prayer, I knew in my heart and my mind, I felt it like, you need to buy this house. And in the middle of that prayer, I went to, I ended thanking my Heavenly Father for giving us that inspiration that this is what we needed to do. Like, and there's not that many times in my life where that's happened. Like I said, we learned on my mission where to pray. I had I have some great experience doing that. Um, but yeah, for me it's it's feeling in my in my heart that it's it's like, man, like what to compare it to into something else in the world for someone who's not like a believer and they're like, Well, what does this even mean? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a sports guy. Man, that's a bad thing to be too, because I feel the inspiration in sports too. Anyways, what how, how do I <laughs> Like okay, anybody who's a Harry Potter fan, right? You, right. I, there's there's a book in one of the books he's trying to get the the memory from Professor Slughorn or something. He takes this Felix Feliz or something, right? Some potion that like just makes everything like work out, right?
0: right. I don't know
1: if you remember this story or not, right? But the though I laugh because the way that J.K. Rowling describes this, it is I guess fake stories. Maybe it's not a good example, but like everything that happens to him is just like he just kind of walks into it. And the things just gonna mm. go right. He feels promptings to to say things at certain times. I it catches me up because that for me is one of the ways. Like my most powerful experiences when I just I, I just feel guided. Like yeah, I I feel led. I feel yeah. like literally like someone is taking my hand or like has a leash around. Like like I'm a kid. Attached to like one of those backpacks running away, you know, like <laughs> someone, like I'm the kid and someone's just my parents just or someone's just taking me along and I'm just yeah, along for the ride. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm totally cognizant. Like, there's some people who I'm sure like maybe they have felt though. I can't tell. That's one thing I, I, I always I, I'm careful of. I cannot tell anyone what they felt or what they didn't feel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, got a story for you. That's on the other end of that. So, so uh, little thing, I think I shared this on a recent podcast, but I'll share it again. So uh, it was, I think it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas. And my two oldest kids were really, really young. And when I'm um, uh, and, and, and so I had just gone and played basketball, like at the San Juan building or something like that. And uh, I get a call from my mom and she says, Hey, we need some stuff. Uh, from Rite Aid. Can you go and get some stuff on your way back? And I'm like, yeah, that's no problem. And my kids were just, as kids are when they're young, they were just being hellacious, right? They were, they'd had some donuts, they were, be- <laughs> they'd had a lot of sugar and they were just being sure. insane. And I just want to get home and shower. Right. And so uh, I see this guy at Rite Aid and, uh, and he was a guy I knew from the ward. He hadn't been for a very long time. And I got the prompting, you should go and talk to him. And in my head, I was like, I am not, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, ah, that's probably right just me time, saying, right. yeah, not the right time, you know? And, uh, and so I just checked out and I left and I went the next Sunday to, um, to ward council because I think I was the elders Corn president at that time. And when I got there, or maybe it was the week after, but I got there and one of the other ladies in the ward council said, you're not going to believe who I saw come into my dentist's office. And he's like, and it was the same guy. And she was like, and so I said, hey, how you doing? And he goes, you know, it's funny I saw you here. I, uh, I actually thought a lot about coming back to church. And I was like, I felt like such a prick. You know what I mean? Because it was like, so it, it was funny because to me, I go, okay. So that clearly was inspiration and God, and in my mind, I'm like, okay. So God was like, all right, idiot, you didn't do it. I'll just send him over here so this other person can do the thing that I wanted you to do. Thanks a lot. You know what I mean? And, uh, and so I I like what you said. I like what you said about, you know, just do it. Uh, if you feel it, here's the question I ask people though, what do you do when you have a prompting that doesn't make logical sense? Right? Like it's something that you're like, Ooh, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I don't know about that one. I, uh, you know, where's that coming from? What Sorry. do you do then? How do you how do you reason that out?
1: That's a great one um, that what comes to my mind and I'm we're big. Believe it or not, as much as I'm into sports, I had a mom who my mom was actually an opera singer, too. Like she sang at local, oh. different stuff. So I was always in a little bit of singing and dancing. And I, I, my kids do musical theater. I love theater. I sing and do other stuff too. But anyways, um, I the uh, a song comes to my mind from. Of all things frozen too and i'm not like a frozen lover but there's a great <laughs> there's a great song in frozen two um where anna is like alone mm-hmm. sorry it, it hits me she's alone um, like olaf just got like wiped out like the magic that 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 kept him together is all, and she's literally alone she sings a song just do the next right thing mm-hmm. um, i don't know if you've heard that song or if you remember it all or whatever go listen uh-huh. to it after this if you haven't heard it in a while um in that situation where you feel prompted to do something i mean we've been given intelligence we've been ge- mm. we've, we've been educated in lots of things right like
0: right
1: if if, if there's an area to do something then you're not sure what to do and you're like I, I haven't i'm having an impression to reach out to josh and, and talk to him about something right like i don't know legal otherwise like i have people in my i might i might find a confidant where I might be like, Hey, how would I approach this? This is a legal thing. Like, how might I talk to this about someone else? Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm just I, like, we, sometimes we take it all on ourselves, right? Like inspiration mm-hmm. is just you and you alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like we're not all intertwined. Like we all don't have, I mean, I laugh because dude, people love these ideas nowadays of the MCU and intertwined destinies and all this stuff. Right. right. But in real life, we don't, we don't, we don't believe it or we don't want it. Or like, yeah. yeah, I always find that's kind of funny. Like I have friends who are super into like all the fantasy stuff, but then when it comes to like believing in like a, a God or Christ, they're like, Oh, I'm like, right. like, uh, like, so I would just say like, uh, yeah. So I, I get, I receive a prompting. I don't know what to do next. I would ponder. I think about it. The problem is, I love this quote by Howard W. Hunter. It's hands that help are more sacred than lips that pray than lips that pray.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: what that means to me is like lift, like that lift where you stand, like just do what's in your power. Like it may be reaching out to someone else to get edu- like education on what might be the best next step. It may just be reaching out and sending a text. It may be showing up on someone's door and just, I I, I don't know who would be mad if, so, if you showed up at somebody's door and you felt a prompt and you go see them. You're just like, Hey, you know what? I- I'm just gonna be honest with you. I, you're, you came to my mind Feel impressed to come, let you know I care about you, and then I hope everything's going well for you. Like who, who, who is going to be upset by that? Right. I mean, there might be people who might be kind of like get off my porch, right? But, may, like you said with this one, maybe, maybe just seeing your face is going to bring to their mind after the situation, like soften their heart. Like, we don't know, right? Like,
0: yeah. I, the hard thing. The hard thing about revelation is. It's it's that old thing about you you don't get a confirmation until after the trial of your faith, right? So you have to do it to find out if it's you know you never find out if you don't follow.
1: It's true. Well, I was so. even going to I was going to say in your story, I think it's interesting the story about not talking to that guy. It's almost a tender mercy, I would say. I'm almost. I would say re- religiously, my my conviction would be I don't I don't know, but I, my belief would be that that is a tender of the mercy that you were able to understand. Like oh wow, like this guy was seeking out for someone. Had I reached out to him, I might've had that experience. Maybe the next time I get it, maybe I should reach out or maybe I will be more determined to Right.
0: Like, no. And, and ever since then, ever since then, I have not, uh, (laughs) if I get a prompting like that, I don't, you know, it takes you two seconds. Hey man, how's it going? You know what I mean? And so it was such a silly thing looking back at it. I was like, I didn't have two minutes to just be like, Hey man, I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you. You know?
1: Young families and stuff though, dude, like it's, we have so much on, I, I get it. Like I, I make it seem like I don't still have a, a family, but, but like, I look at those families with like the kids that are like three, four, five, six. And I'm like, Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, it's gosh. rough. Right. And poor, poor Lori.
1: I was working. I worked. So And I, 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 I now have a, I made a transit. I'm in healthcare it among other Mm -hmm. things, but I am a clinical laboratory scientist. That's my background. I was working in the hospitals, right? So Mm -hmm. I was working in hospitals. They're 24 seven. So that's another thing. Mm -hmm. Being a healthcare worker and being a member of church is kind of weird in terms of when you go to church, what do you do? Um, And my, my poor wife was going to church with those kids by herself. (laughs) I I work at night and I'm sleeping through the next day. I'm like, Oh man. So I I feel like, I I feel like I can't really complain because I was only there like every other week, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, no, that's interesting. You know, so you have kids that are a little bit older. You also, I mean, you do so many things you've talked about already. You train for Ironman, you have musical theater. By the way, my daughter is, we're big into the Sutter Street Theater. Um, My daughter, she's on, uh, uh, she's in 12 Dancing Princesses right now. She just tried out for Percy Jackson. She's been in Aladdin Junior. She's, yeah. Yeah, she's been in a bunch of them. She's going to go down to Music Circus this summer and do a do a uh, like a camp down there yeah. this next week, or this next summer. She's really my youngest daughter, Lexi, has been big into the musical theater, and uh, and so and she's taken you know, uh, luckily at John Adams where the where the kids are at, uh, they. Um, Ah uh, the Veritus choir there and mr b you know he's in our stake so it's easy to get okay. voice lessons and stuff like that so she's all over it but um uh where was I going with that uh, oh you do so many different things right so tell us a little bit what is it that that drives you in that way like what makes you want to do all of these things oh man
1: um, i i I would say I, I there's two things that kind of drive me I guess in that sense, one is, um, I, while not like not, well, not like Dave Goggins style, um, I'm right. a big believer in that we don't like, I'm a big believer in finding yourself by pushing yourself.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. I am.
1: I would say I might, I might change that a little bit because it's not just sports or activity. Like you can push yourself out of, by doing, being in a play or something if you've never been in one before like there's there's different ways i would say stretching ourselves right like i i think mm-hmm. there's so that's one of my guiding things is like stretching yourself learning more about the world i also feel like you can't like the more the more you know about things the more you can reach people like the more you can mm-hmm. connect with people um mm-hmm. and i realize i realize i can't connect with everybody but dude like there's some times where i look at my past and everything i i'm like I don't know if there are many people I can't connect with. Like yeah. I might some random thing. Like I don't want to force. I want to be clear, like forcing a connection with some podunk idea. You have like one tiny experience and <laughs> blowing it up and make it seem like it's the biggest thing in the world is not, not always the most genuine way to build a, a relationship of trust. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't know. It's like we, we minimize our experiences sometimes that what we've gone through, like we don't have any experience, but we can connect with so many people. So that's one reason I like to, I like to push myself just to to get there. Um, I guess the the other thing is, I I believe, man, this one gets a little. This one can be getting the weed, but like, there's enough mean people in the world, enough hurt, enough pain. Be like, I I want to try and connect people. Mm-hmm. Like it's something I was on a, a different podcast with some other guys, and I I kind of said that to that point. It's like. Man, I, I, like if I could find a job to like, I, I like the idea of like, hey, you want to get into this? You, you have an interest in science or health or law or whatever. Like, I love trying to find mentors for people. Um, mm. It was a uh, Thomas Sowell. I don't know if you've heard
0: of Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Economist, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, he has a lot of great books. One of his is um, Discrimination and Disparities. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. claim I'm 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 not African American, so I can't talk to this. But he make he is, and so but he makes a great point that when you talk about bringing people, and not just African like Americans, but bringing people in, out of one thing or helping one of the the things that I guess has been the most potent or statistically significant is getting people mentors, like mentorship mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. just giving them handouts has proven mm-hmm. to be way more effective in helping people than than anything. And I really feel like myself trying to be a mentor to people where I where I can or trying to help other people find their own mentors like do that just excites me like because I feel like I think of the mentors in my life whether they're youth leaders mission present, my own parents like in, in different ways like just do even things you do like we find inspiration and mentors and like, all around and people doing different things there's just there's, yeah. and, and, it, and it's so easy to feel like you're just like alone and you have nobody and you have no contacts but like my gosh, man, finding uh, whatever you want to call it, a friend, whatever, like finding a mentor, somebody who can guide you and maybe just give you a little bit of direction like that excites me because nothing makes me more sad in life than people who just feel like there's nothing left or like. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I have yeah. talked about this is one of the things with my dad, my m- my dad tried to commit suicide when I was mm. 14 I'll never Ooh. forget the night. Yeah, it, it's he uh, it was a night of a road show, believe it or not. Oh, man. Um, and he had lost his job um and he was in a bad place and he had stuck. he's my dad struggled with depression most of his life Uh um and yeah like i mean i get it like i understand i understand i've gone through stuff myself i was in between jobs i felt like i was trapped like i couldn't do anything and i i even like got at a moment where like i just put my foot on the accelerator and like i don't know what the heck was going on and i i finally just like i caught i caught i caught Ca- caught myself and I just like pulled over to side of the side road and I was like crying. I'm like, what the crap is going on? Like, I, like, I was so stressed. Like I, I, yeah. I, I think that like, and I know there's people out there who just like dude, there's like they, they really, it really is just like, dude, I will help you. We'll we'll, help <laughs> we, we'll get you the resources we need. Um, yeah. You know, I, I know that, that's just, that's one of those things I'm, I am passionate about. So those are the kind of things that I guess I would say drive me is like pushing yeah. myself, but also connecting people and just helping where you can.
0: Well, hard. you know, it's it's interesting that you you bring up a little bit of mental health there. So, it sounds like, you know, with your dad's experience. Well, well, let's start if you don't mind, let me ask you. Uh, well. With your with your dad's experience as somebody who was a family member of someone who actually attempted it. Can you walk us through the feelings? There might be somebody there who thinks that maybe they're you know i the people i've known who've been depressed to that point think that uh they would do that that almost like people would be better off if they're not around uh so as a family member of someone who attempted it uh what would you say to somebody like that man
1: uh every situation so unique. That's a hard one to just like say in general. I mean, I, I guess my general would be like, don't like, it's not over. Like you you can affect the world for so for good. Like yeah, we will help you get there to where you like, we can help you. Like there's people, there are people who, Love and care about you. I guess that's what it comes down to. Like right? you, mm-hmm. you are loved. I guess that's what it comes down. To. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you ever heard "Dear Heaven, Hanson, like that. That's one of the big songs. Yeah. Like you are loved, right? Yeah, I, I love guess, that movie. Uh, and I, yeah, the movie, where it's like yeah, musical, whatever you want to say, right? Like it's like I, I guess as I had to talk through that a little bit. I, I reasoned by talking out. So it's it, it no, like no, that's no, uh, that's fine.
0: I do the same thing. Uh,
1: but yeah, I guess you are loved it would be the one of the biggest one, and and then from there what aspect of like, life do you not have, or are, are we missing, are we missing like, yeah, I, I wish I would, I knew them all and had them all memorized. I forget them for time. Like what, what are the, the levels of, uh, oh my gosh, what is it? Seven levels of like need or something like what we need, love mm-hmm. and, and like mm-hmm. sustenance and all these other things. Like what are, what we will help you find what, what you're missing. And I feel like the church really has set up to do that for all yeah. the things people want to give crap to the church bar. I'm like, this is, this is why we have all this stuff set up. Like I've been right. the only president where like, I literally went to someone's house and we helped them m- figure out what they need, get their, get their, their bills paid for, get their food. Like, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's like, I guess so I'd start with you are loved. I, and for someone who, you know, was wondering who maybe who, who did that attempt, like I feel nothing but love for my dad. I will tell you this. Like on the, I was still pretty young. I was 14, but I'll, I'll never forget he was calling our house and, I don't know all that went on my mom rightly so as, a, as, as his spouse kept it between them but i know she had some kind of like ultimatum it's like all right well if this is gonna keep working this is what needs to happen I, I know that much i don't know what those points were but i'll remember my dad talking to me on the phone like and he he was on watch right he was in a, a mental health facility and i remember him calling like man there's some crazies in here yeah. <laughs> you're like uh dad (laughs) it made me laugh right because in that moment like it actually kind of meant me it actually brought me closer to my dad because i realized like it it, whether he realized or not like i realized it's 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 an illness like it's it's going Mm -hmm. it's something going on like he whether he realized it or not like in that moment it helped me kind of calm down and realize like he might not fully get or uh, maybe he does get but or maybe he's just trying to move on but i need to help him I need to help him however I can uh yeah. in that moment. Uh you know, and, and um I will say that take care of it. Like I know I I I know it maybe I'm sure it affects me. Even to this day, I know I'm sure it probably affects me more in ways that I that are unseen. Um mm-hmm. but um yeah, I just um I would say don't wipe it under the table either. That's what I would say. Is like get the help you need. And in the nineties, I don't know. If you, I don't know how there wasn't
0: there wasn't there was much, was,
1: you know. There's so. not
0: much. There's not as much discussion about therapy and and things like that as there. Yeah. You know, it was kind of taboo. It's still. I mean, in some circles, it still is, but it's it's much more accepted now and more encouraged than it's ever been before. Which I think is a good thing, you yeah, know. Right. And, and 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 you know, I, I think that the other thing that's important to realize. I think you said something that really hit it on the head, and that is, I think it's important for people to remember there's been times in my life when I've been like, man, when is the pain going to stop? You know what I mean? Like more often than I would ever want to admit, you know, and you, um, but you'd also realize that like, you know, I, i I've shared this on this podcast before, you know, the last five years for people who know me have been the hardest five years uh, of my life without question. But I've also had five, of the best years at the exact same time. Like, so it's, it's a matter of also knowing that you're going to have good days and bad days, sometimes good hours and bad hours. It could even be good years and bad years. You know what I mean? But, but the thing is, is that I, I had a friend recently, I haven't really shared this before, but I had a friend recently call me. He was in a bad way. I had to go to a, go, Meet him somewhere and sit down with him and he was ready to he was ready to end it. And uh, uh or at least he indicated it sounded like he was ready to end sure. it and ended up getting yeah, the and you're not gonna
1: you do not mess with that. You're like I take any no. of that seriously. like I've been yeah. there so like 100% percent I'm with you.
0: Yeah, and when you and when you sit there and you hear somebody talking about it, I just remember him talking to me and being able to tell him, like, is this really where you want the story to end? Like, is this it? Right? Because what happens a year for, you know, yeah, it's interesting. I had a, I had a, this is kind of a little off topic, but I, I remember not in the not too distant past having a really bad experience with a, uh, with a church leader. And uh, like one of these experiences um, going through a hard time, uh, personal time with uh, with someone close to me and um, the way that they handled the situation, not a fan, wasn't really happy and uh and i kind of walked away and i felt as though they they didn't really listen to me when it came to how i felt they should have handled the situation um and so i'm being as vague as possible to protect the innocent (laughs) and uh and so when that happened uh the funny thing is though is that that leader later became the biggest help like within about six months to a year later became probably one of the be- the biggest, like the biggest supports with that same situation. And I thought about that a lot to some of our members who, who have a bad experience with a bishop or a state president or somebody and they leave, you know, if I would, have, if I would have just said, that's it. Like, cause I, I'll tell you the thought crossed my mind. I was like, you know what, forget this. Like, you know, they're, I'm done. they're doing, they're doing more bad than good here in my situation, you know, kind of situation. And, uh, and so I kind of closed up, you know, I, I could have closed up shop right there, but if I had, I wouldn't have had the outpouring of love that I got, you know, as, as the situation worsened for, for me, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wouldn't have gotten the same level of, uh, I guess, uh, the, the love that I should, they shared, I realized that these are men just trying to do their best in these bad situations. And sometimes maybe you don't see why they do the things that they do. I definitely didn't in that moment. I was like, I don't get it. And I still don't, you know, it, 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 like I said, and and for some people that involved, it did more, it did more harm than good. But uh, for me, it, it, the, the experience afterwards was so, so interesting. And I think about that. I share that to kind of tie that into what we're talking about is that, Man, you know, for all you know, tomorrow things could flip completely, and you would have missed it. You know what I mean? It, the story doesn't. I have another buddy who's been on the podcast who said uh, he had his fingers chopped off in an incident. He was a big-time baseball player, and had his fingers chopped off in a woodshop incident in high school. Completely ended his. I, you know, he was. There was talking to him going, you know, the majors and all that, and 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 he just said, "I just knew the story only ended one way. I'm going to succeed," and now he lives an incredibly successful life, and you know. This, so this so to anyone out there who's having a hard time and, and thinking about ending it, man, you know you have no idea what you know what's coming five years from now. and I'll tell you what every every bad experiences i've I've ever had where it looked like it was the worst experience of my life, it actually turned out usually to be the best thing that could ever happen to me. You know what I mean and uh, and so uh, and that's that's yeah. proven to be true over and over. No, I, so, I
1: feel you on that. No, I, I yeah. Two questions. One was, I mean, I'm just interested just to see I love the way these things go. What was it that finally helped you see from that brother who you talked to? Like, was it, was it they changed you? Did they actually tell you? Like, did, how did that, how did you come about to have some kind of peace on that situation with that person? Not even with what they did, but just with that person, how'd, how'd that peace come about?
0: You know, I, okay, so first it was, it was a soul searching a moment for me because I was sitting there and I go, I didn't think it was, it was fair. I didn't know if it was necessarily led by the spirit. It certainly wasn't what I thought should have happened in the situation. Um, And so we came, when I came out of it, um, I, you know, uh, you know, later on down the road, um, he, this, this leader was so welcoming And so um, helpful as, as, as the experience, as the experience got more difficult because it didn't end um, then uh, he, he became much more, I guess, Christ-like. And I realized the piece that I got was I, well, first, I think there were a few things that it helped me realize. It helped me realize first that my, my relationship to church and my relationship to the gospel is not contingent on a church leader it is contingent on the savior so i really started focusing a lot more on the savior when that happened and i think the other thing that i did was i in the moments that i said in the moments when that happened and i thought maybe i should maybe this isn't the right thing for me anymore uh, I said to myself, I'm going to keep doing the things that I need to do or what I'm supposed to do until the day I decide that I no longer want to, you know, do this. Yeah. And so I kept, I, I doubled down on reading scriptures, praying a lot. I fasted a lot. I did the things that probably I was neglecting, you know, sure. um, and that's where the peace came from. Um, and now, like I said, I mean, uh the, that leader actually holds a pretty special place uh for me and my kids you know as a result so, and so
1: so it wasn't necessarily what that person did or I'm sure along the way they showed you love but it was really kind of your I guess you you getting comfortable with your own self I it, I hesitate to say that because that's, that's not the way to fix your problems fix yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know what I mean to say but like I think there is a part when we talk about conflict in general like
0: yeah, yeah, you know it's 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 actually interesting because I I've never really thought about that. You you asked the question and I'm thinking about it and I'm going, you know, I don't really know what it was that gave me the peace. You I know, just think I it's think
1: an amazing question. Like why Yeah. yeah.
0: It, but but you know another thing about that was was along the way there were other experiences that happened that uh, really kind of strengthened my testimony of the savior that had nothing to do with that experience at all that i think also brought the peace i can think again i have to be super vague in these things just because of everybody but like there was one experience where something real bad happened and uh you know um you know it ended up with anyway a real bad experience happened my kids were all real upset and uh, i remember i had to leave the house for a little while check on you know check on someone who yeah, was in a bad way and all that. And uh, and uh, they saw what happened and, you know, they were very scared. And I remember coming back. This is the part where I can, I'm probably going to get emotional. I remember as I was driving back to the house, <clears throat> praying, just don't let this affect my kids. You know, I was like, just, they don't deserve this. You know what I mean? Just whatever happened, like, Whatever whatever this is going to do to me or whatever whatever trauma I'm going to have, fine. But, like, if you can just erase this from their memory. And, uh, uh, and I came home, and all of my kids, my, my mom was here, I think, with them. They were all just hanging out in the kitchen. And my kids, you know, kids don't always get along, right? They were getting along just laughing and having a good time. And I get home. And I remember I just went upstairs and I sat in my bed and my youngest son came up and he's like, I want to have a movie night. And I'm like, all right. And then my youngest daughter comes up and she goes, you know what? We're going to sleep in here tonight. And I go, okay. You know, and as we're all laying in the bed, I remember just having an overwhelming feeling that everything is going to be okay, you know, and it's like, if I had stepped away when, when that happened, I don't know if that same prayer would have happened. I don't know if any of that other stuff would have happened. And, and then, you know, and then that same leader was present for when that happened and he was so grateful. He was so, so charitable to me and my children. And like, it really, it did change our relationship quite a bit. And uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it, it's amazing when you, it's amazing the things that God will put in your place to remind you.
1: You know, oh, well, that's awesome. I, I mean, I thank you for sharing that. Um, because yeah, I, I, I can only imagine. I, 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 and I don't know, I appreciate you sharing that to, to me, to the listeners, but I think it's an important part. Like something you said, I, I just think about these relationships and people have trouble with leaders and stuff. Um, is a really funny book, it's a leadership book. Hmm. I guess, I guess by <laughs> by Chip Gaines, you know Chip Gaines, Chip and Joanna. Yeah, Gaines? yeah. It's called Capital Gains, and it's his business book. I guess right that uh-huh. it's, it, it's it's worth a read if you haven't read it, but it's interesting. But he says something there that it came to my mind as you were telling your story. He kind of talks about how, and it was right after the election when like everybody was hating, like Hillary and Trump. Everyone hated each other, and just and he's just ca- talking about this this idea that really like. You know, and we we say it this way sometimes people don't know how to care how much you know till they know how much you care. He also said this like, he also the, the idea he put it in is like, listen, like you have to work with people on something to truly like unless you work with somebody, you aren't gonna bow you're not going to vote you are not gonna value your opinion, you're not gonna value mm-hmm. their opinion. You have to literally yeah. work with someone else. And he gives the example of like going out and digging ditches with somebody you hate. He's like, I mm-hmm. wish I forget how he says it in the book, but it's essentially the, the idea is like man, if we could just all go out and work on a project together and just dig ditches, like, mm-hmm. I, I, like you're all both going through the same, and we, it, and, and met, I guess not physically, maybe we all are emotionally doing this. We we don't recognize yeah. it, but like yeah. when you go out and you work through that hard situation with a, a, another person, like you, you, you start to, you recognize that they do care. You give mm-hmm. more, you listen to what they're doing, right? Or you listen to what they say. You might put a little more importance on it. Um and i and i think that i mean that certainly sounds like that's part of your story not only not not alone Mm -hmm. but like this idea that like that person was there to work with you and because they were willing to work through and go through that hard situation with you you value their opinion you value like you understood like okay i may not totally agree with what this person did but i can understand why they did what they did and i know and and not only that but i know we can work together because we just did like we just did a project together right like there, there's sometimes we get so caught up on the like so-and-so did this or how they did things and don't get me wrong like it I think it is important like at my work we have we get graded on what did you accomplish and how did you accomplish it mm-hmm. Um and so I think that's important but like yeah I mean like I you, we gotta yeah this is one of the reasons why I even though I'm, I won't talk about like politics so much, but like, I just, man, nobody wants to work with each other anymore when you don't, like, yeah. unless you're, unless you're the prototypical person I want to work with, let's forget about it. Like, I'm not, yeah. I, I just, like, I just don't know, and, you know, and here we are, like real world problems to solve, real lives with real hard things going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, anyway, so yeah, that's that that's
0: one of the, that's one of the things the reason why I brought this podcast up was because you know, I have so many friends of so many different backgrounds and they all have so many interesting stories and I just wish like you know, I hope that a friend of mine who's maybe a member of the LGBTQ community or someone who doesn't who is non-religious listens to a podcast like this and realizes, "Oh, you know, Brian's a human." You know, even though he may not have, he has different views and different things that I do. He's a human just trying to do his best. And, you know, I, I've, I've interviewed a few uh, trans people or, you know, people in the LGBTQ yeah. spectrum somewhere in the alphabet soup there and and says, uh, you know, and they all have a story of how they got there and what they felt. And and I think if somebody who doesn't traditionally have any friends like that i i hope that they listen to that and go that makes me understand where they're coming from everybody is having a very real human experience for sure and so now now tell me you know um you've had you know you have four kids you have one in college now right yeah
1: sophomore in college what's going on yeah yeah
0: well, wait a minute. She's a sophomore and not married? What's the deal? What's wrong there, huh?
1: I won't talk about that on this podcast, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Well.
1: As she would say, it's not in her control. She's not the one proposing, so. Ah, That's I see. All, we'll leave it at that,
0: so. Ah, I see. Well, get on it, man. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, um, but like with this life experience, you know, I often wonder, like sometimes you hear, uh, I, I I like to watch this show Married at First Sight. Uh, I love trash TV, and it's 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 it is the worst. It's so bad, and I love watching the train hey, wreck that is there. Laura you know?
1: watching, she loves watching Bachelor in Paradise. I don't know if you can get much like oh. trash good or not, right, Yeah. Anyways,
0: I love I love that 90 Day Fiance, but but let me tell you. I, so on that show, they, they there's a part where the people are supposed to write a letter to their younger self. And, uh, and so I sometimes wonder, I'm like, man, you know, uh, what would I say to myself when I was younger now that I'm here and I see where my kids, you know, where I think your kids are probably at the same age as mine, where they're kind of self-sufficient and they're kind of got their own personalities. You're starting to see who they're going to be, you know? <laughs> yeah 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 so what would you say to your younger self with the knowledge you have now
1: it is almost like inspiration this thought comes to me fairly often but this week i was coming to my mind i wish i had a great answer though uh i wish Uh i made a decision no um yeah um i've i've wondered would i write a letter that addresses specific situations that would happen um Mm -hmm. you know like a back to the future moment like you're gonna go back and change something um Mm -hmm. and i decided no i wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. i would try and prepare myself to i guess maybe come through them with a little Mm -hmm. more hope um yeah one thing i haven't really talked about is COVID officially killed off a business for us so we i Mm. I, i'm a bankruptcy person we had to declare chapter seven bankruptcy so we've been we're we're about three and a half years out of that um we had a we had invested in, in a kids after school franchise teaching kids programming computer robotics and things i loved it because i work in it and i love teaching and Mm -hmm. it's our thing um i so i guess in a short answer would be like i would tell myself like two things two main things one is don't be so scared to do things Mm -hmm. i'm an analyzer that's my why i'm also a scientist right Mm -hmm. like um (laughs) and there's a lot of things whether it's me not talking to girls because I was in like a high school. I didn't want to scroll situation, right? Like, right. just literally, and again, I don't want to change that because I love my wife. But like, I laugh because I'm like, man, I was such a wuss. Like, yeah. You know, like, there's people who would be like, Dude, why don't you just like, I, anyways, yeah. Like, one mm-hmm. I would be is take like, like, don't be such a, 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 a I guess a, a wuss about things, and, and and that goes for in in life, right? Like, just take. Take the step, do the next right thing, go back to that. Right. Step. Um, mm-hmm. And don't, and don't entrust. And so take the steps and trust So be my first one. Take more. Um, mm-hmm. And the second one I would say is, it, and I don't mean take risks by that, by the way. I don't think that's, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's all about taking risks because our franchise was also a big risk and it didn't pan out. So that's yeah. not, really what I'm saying. <laughs> um, the one is just don't be, uh, you know, that, that first one, the second thing I guess would be is um, have more. Do I say this? Don't be so quick to anger. Mm. So it may seem weird. And some people who know me may be like, you don't strike me. Like I quick to anger guy." but like I told you before, what happens with me is I try to keep it jovial because I, and I don't know if it's because my upbringing or whatever, but like I held, I hold, I hold things that I have a, I have a friend I played soccer with my whole life who described it this way. He's like, dude, I worry about you when you're not saying anything because I know who you are, man. You're just gonna sit there and be level and be everything to everybody else and be super quiet and be super kind. And then finally you're just gonna get to a point where you go explode and you say yeah. things you don't want to say and do things you don't want to do. And and so my second point would be like, be be more honest, have more uncomfortable conversations.
0: Oh, that's so huge. That's so huge. Like, you know,
1: like, those are the two things. Don't be so scared to do things. And the second one is have mm-hmm. more uncomfortable conversations. Cause the truth is the things that have strengthened me the most, like even just coming on a podcast, like, I'm sure people are like, I don't want to go on a podcast. There my like, dude, like, yeah. like, like you, you oh my gosh. Like there's like, again, going back to like you, uh, like you just, you experience more things. You become a more well-rounded person. You can reach other people. Like I'm a big yeah. believer doctrinally and, and scripturally like we I don't know what our connections were like in the pre-existence or whatever like I don't but I I firmly have had some where I'm like I felt that this was something that I was destined to do so so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and and so many of them came out of just talking in uncomfortable situations talking to yeah. like talking to talking to that person that nobody else wants to talk to talking yeah. to the person you don't want to talk to. Tell right. someone that you don't want to talk to who said something to you that made you feel bad, and that made you feel mm-hmm. like angry. Just tell them like, "Hey, I don't know what you meant by that, but like, did not sit well with me. Like, yeah. did, you, did you mean it? Did you mean it like that? Like, use your. We say that to little kids all the time. Use your words.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Like, no, I hear you. I, it's and, that's so important because yeah, I mean that's. The, so I. I have a yep. little bit of a different issue, and that is that I think I might say what I, I might say what I think too much. <laughs> I get into, you know, I'm a, I'm a lawyer, and so it's funny. My kids, I, my poor kids, they get deposed every time they do anything wrong, and they try to wiggle out. It's not a fun. They can't get away with anything, you know. And uh, but but I think that that is important because the uncomfortable conversations are often the most important ones. You know, they're uncomfortable because you have different views about something very, very important. And I and I know that some of my some of my relationships have been severely damaged because one or both parties wasn't willing to say what was going on, either because they were afraid of the reaction or they were afraid of the, you know, what was going to happen. And and that's such a huge problem because it just festers if you don't say it. And then you end up doing something that you never would have done you know, and it's just, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think,
1: and I say this as someone I, and we went to my, my family had some issues as they talked about, but we went to counseling yeah. even as adults later on to try and work through some of these things. And, uh, and, yeah, uh and I mean, that's one of those things it's like, dude, like I, I know that my nature and again, going back to that is like, I just would hold stuff in and then just yeah. explode and that's not good for anybody. It's not good for me, you yeah. know, I, I like no i i i don't i can't speak for other people because all i know how i feel so mm-hmm. um but nothing makes you feel i think more small when like you just like no you feel like nobody wants to listen to you like nobody's hearing you um yeah. and so i think that's why this podcast is so awesome what you're trying to do yeah i think what you're trying to do is not only connect people but it gives people an opportunity to be heard like yeah. I, I, I you know, I just, I, I wish more people, I wish more people really, and again, I hesitate this because I know there's many people when they go to church, they're like, you don't love everybody in your ward. What do you <laughs> I mean? I in ward, right. But like, d- dude, like, I, man, I, I feel like, like I, I know that's another one of, of like the gifts I have. I like, I, I, I know you, we probably got to go, but I'll, I get to you one quick story and this. Is I yeah, no,
0: do when tell me. First
1: one of my first fasts on my mission, like I'm talking real fast. I was a faster in the sense of like maybe breakfast. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe on the way to church, I wouldn't eat, but then I eat at church. And like, <laughs> I was not a faster. But my first real fast on my mission, like sunset on Saturday to like sundown or like, you know, or uh, sun, yeah, sundown to sundown. Um, I had fasted to feel like what God's love feels like for other people. I don't remember why. Like I, it's a, it's, it's maybe to some people it's like that's a weird thing to fast for. But like, right. it, it, I, I, could, I have my mission journal. I could go back and see. But I'll, this experience I'll never forget. We, are, we came back and we were in French and English speaking here. So I had just sat through six hours of church, mm. hungry, about to end my fast. Like right. I'm done. Like okay, yeah, church was nicer. We come back to our apartment and there's this gentleman and I might get emotional. But I'm gonna try to hold it together. There's a gentleman who's just Sitting, lying down in front of the door. The door's here. He's just lying down, like on, lying down. Hmm. And he's not unconscious. He's just like, you would think he's posing or something. They're like, what's Uh going on? Right. And I literally, as as we're parking and walking up, I see like four or five people just go through the door and move. Nobody talks to him Hmm. at all. And we get there, and my French isn't that great yet. And I Mm -hmm. just look at him and I'm like, kiss gets passed. Like, what's what's going on, man? Um, And he, and long story short, he had, I say that a lot, but it's not long story Um, (laughs) He, he, he had, um, I I don't know the exact term we would say, but let's just say he had like muscle spasms to the point where he couldn't move. Like his legs, everything had seized up. I, I, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a full seizure in the sense that he couldn't do, but he, he literally full muscle spasm couldn't move anywhere. And he had just fallen Mm -hmm. down by himself. People, I had just seen it four or five people walked through the door. Nobody doing anything. And here, all we did was pick him up and help him to his car. And all he could say is we're helping him to his car. My companion and I was, you're incredible. And uh, in that moment, here I am, my first real fast, like I just felt like Elder Faulkner, not not only are you doing what I want you to be doing, like I love this man so much. Thank you for helping. Um, yeah. so, so you talk about experiences and how do you know? And, and when you feel like, I know what I felt that day. I believe that it was, actually, I would say, I know I'm not gonna say I believe on that one. I know for 100%, it was because of that fast that I met him and I felt that, um, man, it's just, you know, <laughs> I don't remember why I shared this in the first place, I wanna say just sharing it in that moment, but it's just like, I, yeah. I felt that love for him. Um, I feel that love for just other people in our war. I guess I was talking about wards and things and and it's like, I, I don't want anybody to feel alone. I, I, that's just my nature, Right. Like, and I get it. I, there's other people in the world who are just great at getting stuff done. They're focused. They, they get stuff done for them, for their business, for their families. And we need people to get stuff done. Like I'm not, I'm we need doers in that sense. Organizers do it. But like, I get it. Like the artists, like the, the people who are caring for, that's kind of what that's about a little more. Sometimes Like it, it's mm-hmm. it, It's not, it's not something to toss away or that it's not valuable. Like I, like, man, like everybody needs to feel that love. And I just feel for the, I'm grateful that my heavenly father gives me that opportunity to feel for that. For yeah. And, and, and that, I know it sounds cheesy sometimes, but I, I really do. I love you guys in that. I love people in that sense. Like I want to, I want everybody to be happy, man. Like,
0: yeah. You know, it's interesting that you, you you bring all that up because, yeah, I mean, that's really what it's all about, right? I mean, forget what you hear about, you know, all the cultural things and all the stuff about being a member of the church. It's really about loving each other and 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 helping one another. And it sounds like, you know, that's what you're trying to do. I, I want to go back and, and ask you something real quick, which sure. was you you mentioned, you know, you, you're quick to anger. You had these things. You did some counseling with your family. With with your parents and stuff, even when you were adults, to work some of that stuff out. So, how it, you you mentioned that it kind of informed how you deal with your own marriage. So, in your relationship, did you did you carry some of that in, and how have you been able to get past it, or maybe you're still working on it? I don't know. Man, yeah, no, we are. I we we I we have had some amazing.
1: So, I want to say first of all to my wife, I love her so much. Like. Mm-hmm we have very different communicating style communication styles Mm -hmm. i am i'm going to talk through and reason through while talking like she's a little more direct and like she's only going to say what like really like what she's feeling right there and so i can overwhelm her very easily Uh in a conversation um and to the point she's like what are we talking like you know like i don't know what to think and also when we're done with the the discussion argument, like I can get over it really quick. Like I may be falling asleep and she can't sleep. Like she's thinking yeah. about it all night. Right. Yeah. So I guess what I learned, I guess from my parents is that I didn't want to have this passive aggressiveness, like going mm-hmm. back between mom and dad telling my kids this and that, like if I'm going to tell my kids about my relationship with my wife, it needs to be positive And it needs to be something I want it to be something that they can all like, Hey, when you have a marriage, like you're not always going to agree on things. Like mm-hmm. there will be, instances, but you should, you should genuinely enjoy being with the other person. And when you do have a, a a problem, you want your trust to be enough that you can say that, like I said, be honest and have that courageous conversation. I actually got that term, uh, that uncomfortable, courageous conversation, uncomfortable conversation, whatever you want to call it through therapy is kind of where that came from. Like, mm. like it, it just, yeah, she, my Lori's been a saint in terms of listening to me put up with stuff. Usually it's me going on and on, not her. Um, right. And for me, and I think that's part of the communication is how does your spouse or how does your significant other communicate? Are you just trying to ram down the way you communicate to that person? Or are you actually, because this again gets doctrinally like, Heavenly Father talks to each of us in our own way, in our own language. And that means not just literally French, English, Spanish, whatever, like how we communicate. I oh, yeah. I truly believe that, and I be like I believe that if we're gonna be like our Father in Heaven, we need to learn to communicate with others the same way. Find out how they talk. Like I love those mm-hmm. personality profiles, like DISC, Briggs Myers brig and things like that. Like, how, what kind of person are you? Like, if you have a person who's very direct, Brian Wagner, stop chatting so much. Like, get to get to <laughs> the point a little <laughs> bit. Right. Like, if if it's someone who does who just needs to be steady and doesn't like, who's a team player. Mm-hmm make sure they know that, you know, their goal is to support you. Whatever you say, because if you have someone like that in disc, it's the S it's the steady, the support person, which majority of people are like the worst thing to hear, have them hear is like, man, I feel like you're not supporting me at all. Hmm. Like those words are something that affect just like, I mean, that just, that'll just ruin your whole conversation and just make it go to a bad place. Um, So, yeah, I mean. So, talks about communication. That's the biggest thing I would say I learned from my parents. Don't, yeah. be, don't be passive aggressive. And also, I would say, I love. I learned from my mom to have hope. Mm. The my the only thing I wish I I my in my mom's past, And I I love her, but and she had tremendous hope. She had she loved the gospel. She had a hope. She was from pioneer ancestry, and she made sure I knew it. And like mm-hmm. like you know, she had a great hope, and she can like even in her cancer that, that before she died, like she had hoped that she could live to live, see all her kids go to high school. Like that's mm. the kind of person mm. she was. And so I guess those are the two, a good one for my mom is to have that hope. And all you yeah. that in my, and then from them and their relationship, the big takeaway is.
0: <laughs> <The honest laughs> make sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Man. And that's the thing, you know, the thing that I've found in, in uh, relationships is, is, um, you know, you never want your, you never want your, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to pull the wool back too far, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't have that communication, it's just not going to work. Right. If you can't figure, you know, if, if you have one or both uh, the party who just refuses to be honest or to say, you know, what needs to be said or how they're truly feeling and, and isn't willing to accept um any accountability for the things that they do like it's just not gonna work you know and it's and so yeah i agree with everything you're saying you know yeah. it's so now um i, I we, we were talking a while i want to ask you three questions that i ask sure. everybody okay sure. first first question is is what would you say was your biggest success in life oh man
1: my biggest success in life is without a doubt my family. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I, I guess I knew I always wanted to have a family. Right. But it's not like I'm sure it's different between men and women, but like, I'm not broke around as a teenage boy. Like, man, I can't wait till I have my boys. Like, that's not how I was. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I knew it's something I wanted. I, I didn't have exactly the best situation for me, but like, you know, in my family, but like, I'm proud of my family. I'm proud of my kids. I'm proud of I'm proud that they're better at the things that I'm not good at. I'm, I'm proud. I, I love seeing them each, like you mentioned, develop their own personalities and then allow me to kind of help guide them to see where maybe where as a parent, where their maybe their weaknesses are a little bit so they can kind of be because the truth is they're not going to become smooth and they're going to have they're going to have challenges to make them smooth right mm-hmm. i don't mm-hmm. maybe i don't need to point out their their areas they need help sometimes right. maybe but like yeah. i i but i th- i really think it's I mean, yeah i my my yeah that's my biggest accomplishment my family having yeah. my wife and my kids and be and and i would say not only just having them but well this is a little bit of a stretch i don't want to i don't want to get hotheaded knock on wood but yeah feeling like i that i know they feeling that i know th- or they know that I know, um, that, that there, that there's more to this life than just living it. Right. That there is something yeah. after Like this life means something. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's, yeah, I, I guess how I would put it. No. Nice. That's
0: I think that that's so, I think that's true. And I think another thing that's so important about especially kids is that, um, I had an experience recently where, um, I realized my daughter, my oldest daughter, who I would say, I love all my kids, but we all have the one that we butt heads with the most. And I think my oldest daughter is the one. She just is too much like me. You know what I mean? Like we're just two alike. We're both very bullheaded. She's going to be a fantastic attorney one day. You know what I mean? Sure. And, uh, and so uh, I remember telling her one time when we were driving somewhere, I go, I have to admit you're you are my hardest child. But the thing is, is I know if I can just get you through high school, you are going to you are going to be the I don't worry about you at all. Sure, Like, you're the one I'm going to have to worry about the least. You know what I mean? And sure. uh, but I remember just having experience recently where it was like she knows I love her. You know, and I think that's so important. Yeah. The kids just know that even though you might mess up, and you might not say things quite the right way, or you might yell at them a little too hard, or get on them a little too much about their homework or their dirty rooms, um, you know, um, that Amen, you really brother. do love. Yeah, that you really do love them.
1: You yeah. know, that's an accomplishment right there, man. It's huge.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so next question is, what would you say is your biggest failure in life, and what did you learn from it?
1: Oh man, ongoing. No uh... <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it's it's this is a tough one, and maybe this says something about me. Uh, and maybe I'm too positive, but like <laughs> I've had some. I, I'll here, I, I can realize, and thinking this out, here's what I'd say. My biggest failures have been those times when I've lost hope. Mm. Mm. Um, I, and I'm grateful that guy was able to make up the difference <laughs> mm. and help me get back to a spot where I could get some solid footing again. Um, like that, that would probably be my biggest failures. I would say is giving up hope. And I got, mm. I've had those situations, like I said, when the business was at its worst, uh when i was I, when i wasn't getting promotions at a job i couldn't get off night shift i didn't want to work at anymore uh we're just think, like and, and giving up hope for a guy if you couldn't tell for me like i value hope i, I value i want everybody to feel that love right for a guy mm-hmm. who proves that like i would say my failure would be when i myself couldn't feel that
0: or, like, yeah. Right? yeah well you know it's so funny you you've you- You bring that up because I, you know, I know I've preached a lot. If you watch my reels or you listen to the podcast when I do my just me's, I'm always telling people like you just got to push through and be positive. Things are going to get better, you know, and and say things like every trial I've ever had, I've come out, you know, better on the end, but I got to say, easy to say when you're not going through a trial, (laughs) you know what I mean?
1: But I feel like it needs to be said. I I, I don't stop because it's, again like yeah it's not it's it's letting people know that you're coming through is what's gonna it, it helps people i i personally feel like it does but anyways.
0: it does i think it does so here's the last question and uh someday we hope way way down the road uh you're gonna pass away and when you do you're gonna have a funeral and someone's gonna give your eulogy what's the one thing you hope they tell say about you in your eulogy
1: I wish I could say I haven't thought about this. Sometimes I'm, a, I'm, you know, I think about these sometimes. Like I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I often hey, think I, about what's my funeral going to be like. Right?
0: I do too. Is it uh, going to be well attended? And are all my kids going to be there? And they're going to say nice things about me? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Are they going to be dropping letters in my casket about how terrible I was? You know, like that show on Roseanne when her dad died. Anyway,
1: I, I guess what it, in this man this is this is interesting to say i guess my my hope would be uh there's and i've said this before so anyone who knows me they've been like Brian always says this but there's <laughs> one of my favorite songs from i think efy 1994 cd um <laughs> or, or maybe 97 because i went to efy one year is uh G- julie de azevedo has a song called, i want to be a window to his love I don't know if
0: you heard that i remember that yeah, I, I remember that, that song
1: and I love that song. Um, and this idea that when people see us, they see the savior. They see God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would hope that at my funeral, I I would love it if people could get together and share any ways at all that I help them come to know God or see Christ through any of my actions. That would make yeah. me that would bring me joy. I yeah. would say that's that's awesome. that's what i would hope for
0: but hey well well dude we're gonna have to have a part two because you dropped some <laughs> serious things i'm like i want to talk to you about iron man's i want to talk to you about be- <laughs> the, the, yes, business i know oh, i want to yeah. talk to you i know i was like planning on so, talking about iron man's and then you drop like all the mental health stuff and then you talk yeah. about your you know your business and how that went going through covid your situation you know how you work you have you're such a fascinating person and this is what i love is that, that like i've known you you know, I've known you for I mean it's been 20 years at least. Yeah, and you know, like yeah, and we uh you know, I remember it's so funny by the way, because I remember when Lori met you and it was like immediately like you she's off, she's gone. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> she she's gone. I think she was the first it was either her or Leah Elmer, because she was friends with the Elmers, right? So yeah, like Leah we, ended we up finding Jesse. Yeah.
1: yeah they
0: got engaged and, first. And as soon as I saw Leah, as soon as I saw Leah with Jesse and the way that they, I was like, "That's obvious. You know what I mean? Like that was an obvious one. And then you two, and then you guys all just disappeared. So I never got I, I never really got to know you. And it's just interesting to hear these stories and get to know you in a better way. and And I hope everybody who's listened to this, you you took something away and and realized that even though your your own particular situation, might be you know you know all the particulars of your own situation but everybody's got them you know what i mean you know brian's got them i've got them we've all got them (laughs) so well right on well people who've listened subscribe and brian like i said we're gonna have to do this again soon i have so many questions happy
1: to happy to i love it all
0: right right on man all right we'll talk to you guys later